0: Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. We're so glad you can join us again. This is where we... This is our never-ending quest, Andrew, to provide
1: biblical truth to contemporary issues. And, you know, from the the very beginning, our desire has been to see what's happening in the culture and make sure we are connecting dots for people. Because as we shared before, there's not a lot of venues today, in fact, very few, when you can hear uh, an issue from, through the lens of scripture and through the lens of a biblical worldview. And yeah. so that's what we're trying to do. And in uh, some weeks are harder than others to come up with content, but you know what? We have we have a lot of content, not this uh, week. Not not this this week. week. That's right. Of course, uh, we're dealing with the tragic death of George Floyd. Uh, we're dealing with larger issues of justice, larger issues of uh, race and ethnicity in America. And a lot of the old wounds have been uh, stirred up. And, uh, and we're seeing a lot, of, a lot of yeah. pain and a lot of confusion, a lot of chaos in the American culture today. Yeah. And, um, and that's why I'm glad uh, to invite to our podcast today a dear friend. Amra and I were just talking. Uh, Amra and his beautiful family have been with us here at Living Stones now for 16 years. Wow.
2: 16
1: years. Uh, you are serving uh, with your lovely wife uh, as an elder here at Living Stones. Good, and we're grateful for that. Also leading a life group. Yes, and uh, and we're glad that you're here today to to help us bring some light to this situation. But I guess if we're talking about some legitimate assumptions here, right. First thing we want to confess to all of our listeners today is we are not hoping in any way, shape, or form to solve the problem of yeah. racism yeah. in a 30-minute podcast. Right, yeah. right.
0: And we don't have all the perspectives. You know, we're speaking as individuals. We're not speaking from a platform per se, from you know, from the Asian perspective or anything like that myself, you know, I have to humbly come and say, hey, my perspective is limited. I can speak only from what I know. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: I I confess that as well.
2: I I completely agree. I mean, and we have unique experiences that I think are enriching when we take the time to listen to one another. Amen. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And so we're not talking about, uh, as we are talking, we're not talking about Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter. All lives matter. In some ways, those are false paradigms.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the overarching uh, goal here is to really talk about the heart of the matter. You know, so we, we're talking about the different things that matter. And, yeah. and really, what God is concerned about is the matter of, of our hearts. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to discussing that more. With you, gentlemen.
1: Well, yeah. and as we talked about, the, there's so many issues we could get into. We could spend the rest of this year talking about um, about this issue because it's so multi-layered. There's so much pain there. There's so many nuances to go right. into, and so we just want to help our, our listeners out today because here, here's the what here's the message that we're trying to communicate in a very short podcast is we really have to watch in the current debate and discussion that we're not getting our cues. We're not getting our talking points from philosophies, from ideologies, from activist groups, uh, from ethnicity-based uh, argu- arguments. As Christians, we have a much better message. We have a much more powerful message. We have God's message, and and we need to make sure, even as we're approaching the pain of racial injustice, that we approach it from a Christ-centered, cross-centered, hope-filled, uh, and yet realistic Biblical perspective. Yeah. Uh, and that's really
0: what we want to drill into, you know, today. Well, I think, you know, even the church today, I see a lot of division around this issue. Yeah. You know, and I think that's part of the reason what what you mentioned earlier is because uh, different Christians with good hearts and good consciousness latch on to different perspective and different um truth in those, you know, the different lives and so forth. Um, but I think we were missing out on the unifying factor, in which we, the Bible does talk about this issue. The yes. Bible have a certain perspective. So again, not that those... Uh, different voices don't have truth in it but there's a more comprehensive view in the scripture right. and that is the unifying factor for us in the church as a church this should not be divisive for us this should unify us and that's right. in my opinion you know, you
1: know god intended the races to display his beauty yeah. uh, and his creativity sure. and yet what god has created to be good and a blessing the enemy has used to fracture us and splinter us apart and i think the message i want you know we want to hear today is simply this we've got to go even beneath the color of our skin uh, we've got to go beneath uh, our, our ethnic backgrounds because the problem is actually deeper than that. And, and, uh, and I guess the first part I wanted to just to simply to talk about is we, we focused on this COVID-19 pandemic. It's a global pandemic. You've heard this, the, this talk now for the last, you know, eight weeks But the problem of racism is a sin problem and and racism is a global pandemic. And that's why I wanted you to share, Amra, just from even from your own experience as an African, your first generation African uh, from Sierra Leone. Yeah. Uh, that's a unique experience everybody in America has, does not have that unique background Absolutely. Um, but coming from the the African continent uh,
2: that provides a whole other perspective one reason right and and you know again, to echo what you said before in regards of you know I'm able to speak from my personal perspective, my personal experiences. I'm not the spokesman for all African Americans right. or all African American Christians um but I do feel like I have some Experiences, and we've talked about this before, Pastor Andrew. That there are, certain, and there are certain experiences that are consistent across uh, ethnicities and, and and across cultures. Um, and those things have to be acknowledged. Um, and so, the fact that the matter that my skin is black, and the fact that the matter that racism exists and slavery happened in the United States, those are realities. And sure, they, We Absolutely. don't we don't make any effort to deny those things right. and that they've Absolutely. happened. Um, as far as my personal experience is concerned it's it's been very interesting in my my personal growth um i i recall my first significant experience with racism um was when i was in college and i was i was uh playing football and doing really well and excelling and i also love to play basketball and so i was engaging in intramurals and i had just been nominated as intramural athlete of the month mm-hmm. and in my college when that happens they take a picture of you and they stick it on the wall and Everybody can see, you know, this person's intramural athlete of the month. And that month I was intramural athlete of the month. So, you know, I was pretty excited about right. that, you know, and, and I'm in the gym and I would say I'm probably about 19 years old and I'm just shooting around. There's nobody else in there, just me, uh, the field house and it's open, you know, so I'm in there, I'm shooting around and maintenance man comes in and he sees me shooting around. And he looks at me and he goes, Hey, I'm like, yeah. He goes, you don't belong here. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, you don't belong here. You need to get out of here right now. Get out of here. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? Get out of here! And, and there was this, you know, this, yeah. this, this anger in his voice of me being there. Like he truly believed that I was out of place, mm-hmm. which caused this anger and frustration and all these different feelings to, to well up in me. And I'm looking at him, and, and honestly, my initial reaction was just shock yeah. because I'm like, I go to school here, and I said that to him. I was like, I, I go to school here, and he said, No, you don't. And that took me back, and it almost sucked all the power and position away from me because he was telling me yeah. that I didn't belong where I knew I belonged. Mm-hmm. And he and where was- where you have just been celebrated for belonging. And he was, and, and, and I'm like, who who is he to take, to strip my voice away? But that, and then I, I'm in this moment where I'm feeling like my voice is getting stripped away. So immediately my response is, what do I stand on? You know, what, where, how do I prove to him? Cause now I feel like I have to prove it to him, which I shouldn't mm-hmm. because he's wrong. but. I feel like I do. So literally as he's standing there, he's standing there and right behind him is the wall where my picture is <laughs> for being an uh, uh, intramural athlete of the month. And I turn, I tell him, I pointed the picture. I was like, look, I'm intramural athlete of the month. And he turns around and he sees the picture and he looks back at me and looks at the picture and then just kind of gets quiet yeah. and walks away. Doesn't apologize, nothing, just walks away. And in that moment, I remember just feeling this feeling of loneliness feeling helpless, feeling yeah. powerless, yeah. even though I was able to prove that I belonged, in his mind, it didn't really matter what I said, I didn't belong. Yeah. And that's, that's really the issue. Um, and we can call it you know, overt, covert systemic racism. It's the issue that we're talking about that, that ultimately is rooted in sin. Yeah. Um, I've seen it in, in different facets. That was my first-
1: Now, was, um, this, was this guy a, a white person? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He
2: was he was a white man, he was a maintenance man. Yeah. Um, you know, he was bopping the floor, you know, doing the things that doing his job. And um it, it, it really it really took me aback. Now it didn't cause me from there to hate all white people. Right. Um, you know, I, I mean that I'm in but college you felt and the I'm in the sting
1: of, of a racial remark that was based purely on racial differences. And at that and, point.
2: and it it was it was definitely more than a sting. It was it was it was a wound yeah you know cuz it hit me hit me at the core of who i was yeah. cuz ultimately what it does is it makes you question yourself you know well, do i belong yeah okay i think i belong why do i belong so now you begin to justify these things yeah. again these are conversations you're having internally you shouldn't have to have yeah. i should be able to just i paid my money i was recruited by the college i play football i'm a good student right. i'm a good athlete i shouldn't have to justify these things but for some reason now i feel like i have to right, right? Yeah. and that's that that's that position that Um, Many people have felt they've been put in and their voice has been taken away from them by people who don't have, shouldn't have the authority and don't have the authority to do so. God gave us these voices, not man. You know, God gave us these inalienable rights, not man. So man can't take them away, but yet there's so many people that have felt for so long that their voice is being taken away.
1: And yet the thing that was amazing to me, and that's the point we're trying to bring across as far as the depth of this problem. The other amazing thing was that you experienced Racism from the least expected source. Oh yeah, absolutely. And as your fraternity absolutely, brother, and yeah. I think that's an important story to dive into. Absolutely, and and it's a great
2: story because it kind of lends itself to what we were talking about earlier, right? With the Jews and the Samaritans. So um, just add some context. My um, uh, in college, I, I played fraternity Phi Beta Sigma, and throughout the year, we had different parties and celebrations and we had this one big party that was happening at the University of Iowa. I went to school in Dubuque, Iowa uh, at Loris College. And um, we're having this big party and a bunch of different chapters got together and we're all congregating to go to one location. So the idea was, hey, let's get to know each other. You know, we have brothers from different schools, different chapters, and I end up in a car with two guys that I didn't know. Uh, I'm in the front seat with another guy that I had just met prior, so I knew him a little bit better and another guy jumps in the back seat. And we're all African American guys, and um, we're talking, and, and the guy, the driver, says, "Hey, Hammer, you're you're from Africa, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah," and he's like, "Yeah, so and so," and and I apologize, I forgot his name. He's like, "So and so's from Africa as well," and uh, I'm like, "Okay, that's awesome," and, and I'm getting a little bit excited. I'm like, well, "What wh- what country?" And he says Sierra Leone, and now I'm really getting excited. I'm like, "Oh, I got it! I got a, I got a brother here, you know? So brother beyond my fraternity, you know?" And and so. Uh, he, t- I said, well, where are you from? And he tells me where he's from. And, he's, and he said, yeah, I grew up there. And then I later came to the States and and we're talking. And he says, so what tribe are you from? And again, I had, I had gotten stories from my father about the tension within the tribes in Sierra Leone. And he, I tell him, I said, well, my, my tribe, the language that my father speaks, that my, my uncles speak is Mende. That's the name of the tribe is Mende. My name is Mende. Um, If you see my last name, you speak it in Sierra Leone, they know he's Mende. Mm. So I tell him, I said, I'm I'm Mende. And he just gets silent. And all you hear is the Mende are selfish people. And it really, it hit me like a ton of bricks because he had so much anger and hate behind that statement. And it made me think of what my father, the stories that my father had told me uh, because I had not been there. And I knew in that moment, that if we were, um, if we were there in Sierra Leone, that he would try to kill me, like in that moment, right. that he would literally try to physically harm me because I just became his mortal enemy. Wow! And I didn't wow. know, I didn't know the history
1: behind that. So the the, so the moral here, of this story. I was to say, so here you have a kinsman, someone from the same country, same color, same. Uh, ethnicity, in other words, the same shared, shared values, sh- shared culture for the right. most part, but a tribal difference, same races, only coming at us from a completely different package. Right. And I think that's the point we're trying to get across is in America, everything is incredibly heightened as it should be because it's a lot of white, black issues. But globally, this, is, this goes much deeper. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know, Pastor Andrew, we've talked, most people don't think Asian folks really have to deal with uh, with too much racism, right? Yeah. But but your perspective and your background, I, I, it enlightened me because I had no
0: idea of uh, the extent of racism as it relates to the Asian population. Yeah, and it's interesting because hearing your story, I, I really resonate with that whole the the longing is a place to belong, right? right? The heart right. to belong. You know, I I grew up. I mean, my my. Background is super complicated. My parents grew up in China, and during the civil war, they fled to Taiwan. I was born in Taiwan, but they really aren't from Taiwan. And I grew up in Taiwan, but came to the United States when I was a kid. And growing growing up in America, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia. As a as a young immigrant, I faced you know a degree of I, racism, whatever one call it. I mean, people literally have told me like, "Go back to your country." Before when I was a kid, again, you know, I didn't really. I just attributed people didn't like me. I, I don't know if I had that lens and so forth. But as a young kid, I wanted to belong. I, I just wanted to belong. And it's interesting. Because, so I remember going home and saying to my mom and dad, I want to go back to Taiwan. Now, fast forward years and years later, um, I did go back to Taiwan and I went back to Taiwan. And Taiwan has different dialects. There's Mandarin, which they speak generally, and they have a specific Taiwanese dialect. And I tried to learn the language. And I have these older taiwanese guys who try hear me speak my broken taiwanese dialect which i'm i'm okay with mandarin but not dialect and chew me out basically i speak broken dialect Mm -hmm. and basically says you don't belong so it's that longing for belonging right so um I, i was sharing this you know some of the my bias my most deepest uh bias uh, against people is actually older Asian males because of my bad experience because I feel like they have said you don't belong in these different arenas, even in the United States, even here in Valparaiso. I mean, just the experience I had. But I think the heart cry, I resonate with that is where do we belong? Yeah. Where is the place that truly belongs? It's interesting because they, so I, I was in the United States. I was in college here. I went to university here. I feel like I didn't belong. Race, different things, culture, yeah. a lot of this, economic class, or just ex- share experience. I went back to Taiwan. I'm like, wow. I, so when I was in America, I'm like, I am not American. Yeah. I would go to Taiwan. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't realize how American I was. <laughs> and yeah. I came back here. I was just looking for a place to belong. And, and again, I think that goes back to our point because that's what the gospel is about, right? right. That's what Jesus yeah, right. is about, is saying, where do you belong? Right. And I, I like that narrative so much more instead of like, this life, this life is, is no, there's a place yeah. you can belong, you know? Place yeah. to call home. Place to, to call home. Where you, home. Favorite, where you where, love. Where, where you love, your are cherished. Yeah. You know, you, where, where it doesn't matter where your skin color is, uh, we value what you bring because you belong, you're home. And that, I think, resonates with the heart cry of people. I know it resonates with me. And you know? I think
2: that's, that's our ultimate goal. The, the question is, how do we get there? Yeah. Because in our present-day reality, we're not, we're not there. Yeah. You know, we don't collectively see it as home. Um, and I say collectively, meaning together. You know, we, we may see it as home in pockets, yeah. you know, based upon demographics and, and geography. Um, but as far as a collective church, we're not, we're not all seeing it as home. You know, there's so many different perspectives, even, even of Jesus, depending upon where you're at in the United States, you know, and people allow their faith to justify different acts, you know, and we've seen that. And, and these are, these are devout Christians. We're not talking about, you know, right. offset groups that that are radicalized, people that, that, that wholeheartedly love Christ, but yet there's compromises in their life as far as what they're allowing God to do in, in that, in that process of sanctification and, and, and change. Yeah. And, and that's, that's an issue, and that's why these conversations need to be had yeah. so that we can, we can get to the crux of those issues.
1: I, I think most white Americans, because everything in America, perhaps rightfully slow, is fra- framed in a black, white, racist context. We don't realize that on the African content with the same color skin, there's racism, mm-hmm. tribal r- rooted racism. When I look at Asian Americans, mm-hmm. I don't realize that there's a whole history of pain and abuse because the Japanese don't like the Koreans and the Koreans don't like the Chinese and the Chinese don't like the you know the Japanese sure. and 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 yet to us you you all fall in the same kind of. Uh, uh, container, so to speak, you right. know, to the to the to person that doesn't understand. I go to the nations, I'm, tra- I'm taking my passport, I find out that if I'm traveling into India and I just came from Pakistan, that's a major problem. If I'm leaving India trying to get into Pakistan, that's a major problem. Yeah. Those are people with the same basic ethnicity. Who have other reasons for not loving one another. Right. And it's rooted again in skin color. It's rooted in a lot of other other things that divide and separate and continue to wound and hurt people and make them feel like they have no place to call home, which is probably a good transition because here's one of the messages I think that we're trying to 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 shout loudly is that the gospel is a superior message because it contains the power to change the human heart. And that's where the issue lies. It's not on the color. We have three different skin colors here. It's not the color of our skin that's the problem. It's the issues in our hearts that keep separating and dividing. And and I love the story you told. I thought it was so insightful. Obviously, you're in a a biracial marriage, so you're Mm -hmm. blending of colors and cultures yeah. and yet what brought you together was uh, each of your love for jesus absolutely and uh and share that story about you even in your own family wanting to raise children in america yeah
2: yeah so we um i, mean, I said we were married maybe about maybe a little bit less than a year uh so we're newlyweds and we're in our little little uh, 400 square foot apartment i don't know nice. it's pretty small um and and we're sitting there together and i i get the great idea i'm like you know what um Let's, I start talking to my wife just about African-American heritage, and she's like, you know what, I, I, I would like to know more. And I'm like, you know what, let's, let's watch Roots. So, and I don't know if any of you have watched Roots before, but for those of you who have, it's, it's, it's very emotive, mm-hmm. right? And, and, it's, and it's very true in regards, and, and honest, in regards of how it depicts slavery from beginning to end. Um, it's a long series. I recommend watching it. It's very yeah. good. Um, so we're watching Roots. We're on the second DVD and all of a sudden, as I'm watching, there was a certain scene that just kind of just triggered me. And I remember just hitting pause and just getting up. And I start walking around and I just go, on, I just get fired up because I'm really, really concerned about whether or not our kids know that they're African. So I'm telling my wife, like, our kids are going to know they're African. They're going to know the language. They're going to know how to dress. I mean, I'm just going to town on the culture and how they need to know as far as their identity is concerned. They need to know they're African. And my kids do. And that's very important. And, and, I, and it still is. Sure. Um, yeah. In that moment, my wife, being being so silent and full of the Holy Spirit, she sits there and she's like, "Well, I I want their identity to, to be in Christ," and when she said that, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, "Wow, yeah, that's the most important thing, yep. you know." I'm and and it doesn't negate from you know their their culture and yep. their their heritage uh, from an African perspective. Also, I mean, they're second generation Irish. My wife's. Grandfather immigrated here from Ireland. Yeah. So, you know, and then there is a there's a rich Native American heritage in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's a lot there's a lot about my kids that I want them to know. Obviously their last name is Mende, it's African. So, they need to understand where that comes from and they do and and I'm constantly teaching yeah. them that even to the point of how to properly say Pandeyenge. Um, and not Pandayingy. You know? So, you know, By the way,
1: you need to help Siri say that because every time I ask her to find you on my phone, she butchers <laughs> you name. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, I'll i talk to Siri about so. But that that really changed my perspective of identity. Like yeah. that yeah. was that was the beginning of my, my walk and, and it and came to who am I?
1: This is one of those nuanced points because we're not saying that understanding uh, our heritage is are not valuable. You know, right. we, we've got, uh, for instance, uh, uh, families in our church that come from Hispanic backgrounds, yeah. and they want their children to learn how to speak Spanish.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: you speak. Uh, Mandarin Chinese. Mandarin. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, that's amazing to me. And it, it came in helpful when we were overseas in ministry mm-hmm. because you're able to actually speak your, your heart language. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying that cultural distinctives are not valuable and that we shouldn't continue to perpetuate those as part of our heritage. Mm-hmm. But I think the point that was so powerful was that's not our lead foot. right? right. The thi- and this is so important for our church family and for others in the body of Christ and others who might be watching to hear right now is that Jesus transcends us. He Takes us out of our cultural uh, boxes, so to speak, which are fine and have their place, but he brings us into a family where we belong. Right. And that's not a family that's based on the color of our skin. It's based on our identity in Jesus. And we need to go back to the cross. We need to understand when Jesus Christ was crucified, what that means. He was part of, we could put this all in the context of racial injustice because Jesus was a, political, a victim of a political agenda. Uh, there was certainly a racial agenda there, there was a lot of agendas. But Jesus was crucified to that cross to pay for sin. For racial hatred, racial injustice, for the way we've treated each other over the years. All this is I like right. what you said, it's rooted in woundedness. Right, right. And you cannot get your wounds healed apart from going to the only person that can heal the human heart, That's and right. his
2: name is Jesus. That's right. And and you can't legislate woundedness out of someone's heart. No. You yeah. know, so we 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 It's want not a keep, government solution. It's not ultimately. a government solution, exactly. It's it's a spiritual solution. We need Christ, we need transformation from the Holy Spirit. And we need to understand the, the spiritual uh, foundation of how we're able to move in faith, you know, yeah. and if we don't know what the word of God says about it, um, then we're we're using inspirational messages. And we're trying to to move forward in, a, in our best possible ability through our yeah. own strength uh, to change. Yeah, And it doesn't work.
1: doesn't yeah. work.
0: Yeah. I, no, from, <laughs> this, stirs, this is so good. This is stirring up a lot of things in my own heart that we didn't talk about before. But, you know. I think for me, personally, again, I mentioned this earlier. My biggest bias, I guess that's how you can take discrimination bias, or whatever, is actually against Asian because of the hurts and wounds I have. Mm -hmm. And what I found is, you know, I have three young kids, and I'm trying to raise them. And what I found is, when I have, when I have raised my kids. Well, my goal is to raise my kids with their primary anchor identity found in Christ. That actually allows the Asian, the expression of the Asian ethnicity to be even more beautiful, to, to yeah. the full expression. Yeah. Because in many ways, I see all the worst part about the Asian culture because I'm so close to it, and I don't want that. But I also want the richness of what mm. makes. So it, it's interesting to me to be able to see that contrast, to not. Judge the bad part, embrace the good part, and for me, the best way to do that is letting Jesus be the center. And Jesus kind of illuminates all the great part about the Asian heritage, and covers all the the missing parts. Yeah. You know, and I can get into specific, I won't here. But to me, that's what's most beautiful about Jesus being the center. It doesn't diminish your ethnic ethnicity. Right. It actually enriches, Enhanced, yeah.
1: enhance it to a certain de- to to a much greater degree. And, and you know? to your point, Omar, about you know, uh-huh. when he, tr- trying to strike this balance between preserving who you are uh, as ethnic wise, and yet rejoicing in what Christ has done. You know, this this podcast is about current events. And just days ago, we celebrated a a holy day in the church, uh, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 10 days after the ascension of Christ, uh, we have Pentecost Sunday, Mm -hmm. And the beauty of Pentecost, I mean, you talk about uh, barriers based on race. We had the, the Jews and then we had all the rest of the folks, right? The Gentiles. And what Jesus did is he blew the box wide open because he poured out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost on Mm -hmm. all the nations that were gathered together in that city at that time. And what blew the Jews' mind was here, we're looking at people that are different than us. They speak differently. They act Mm -hmm. differently. They got different traditions, different cultural backgrounds. And yet the same Holy Spirit is being poured out on all flesh. And and that is again, that is a weapon that we have because what pulls us together, and we all minister together, we love people together, we lead together. And the common bond that brings us into that place is the love that we have. You know, you're not just my uh, co -co co-leader here. Right. You're my friend. Right. I love you. Right. You're my friend. I, you've lived in my home. You know we've spent time together. What the bond that brought us together was not your Asianness because I couldn't relate to that, mm-hmm. or your Africanness. I can relate to that. It's the power of the Holy Spirit to heal our hearts and to give yeah. us a genuine love for one another that the world cannot manufacture, government cannot manufacture, no activist group can manufacture. Mm-hmm. It, it's Jesus that does that.
2: I think that um, you're so right, Pastor, and and. A big part of, of identifying that is understanding that, that there are issues that we all um, unite with mm-hmm. that supersede our race, that supersede our ethnicity and our, and our culture. You know, they, and that's why we're able to love one another. Yeah. Even though we can't relate to specific life experiences. Um, we, I've had so much richness in my relationship with you and in my relationship with you, Andrew, that had nothing to do with my blackness or with your Asianness or with right. your whiteness. Yeah. Right? It was just about us being men of God, pursuing Christ and understanding yeah. the universal things that come with that, that we all struggle with and yeah. that we all deal with. Yeah. Maybe it looks a little bit differently because there are slight changes in the lenses in which we see reality. Yeah. Um, but we all struggle with certain things. And the word of God speaks on on all of those things. Uh, one one thing in particular, uh, just to kind of, just to give you an example. So um, I, I I don't want to present it as if I'm a guy that does not see racism or that I'm never I, I never encounter it. Um, but God had has had percolating in my spirit, and and um, we'll talk about this again I think on Sunday. Um, just in First Peter five five, and how God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble, and then yeah. Scripture says, Cast ye therefore your your cares upon the Lord for He cares for you. And then it transitions to talking about how your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. And I'm, I'm making these attachments with understanding, okay, so if I'm functioning in pride, I can't receive the grace mm. necessary for whatever mm-hmm. I'm going through. Because God says he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And holding on to my cares and my concerns, my worries. So walk, lead, making my lead foot, say, my concern with racism, walking out the door and thinking I could be the next victim Uh, racial injustice or my son could be. Not that those are not clear and present realities, potential realities and concerns, exactly. But it does not precede my thought process Mm -hmm. when I walk out the door because the first thing I'm doing is saying, okay, I'm moving first as a man of God. Yeah. Okay. So that means God, if my position is is in Christ Jesus and he's raised above all powers and principalities, then I'm there as well, which means the power and principality of racism I'm not under it. I'm not subjected to that. Yeah. So I'm not a victim to that. So when I walk out the door, that's not my first thought. My first thought is, God, who do you want me to yeah. encounter? You're a today? man of God. Yeah. And, and that, and, but that's a shift that we have to make. And we have to understand the, the biblical foundation of it yeah. so that we can stand on that. Yeah. Because the tides of the culture come at us through social media and through yeah. our family members and through our, our workplaces. And they want to knock us down and, and, and move us in the direction of what the current conversation is or what the current ideology is. And yeah. unless we know what our biblical foundation is, we're, we will be moved yeah. by that.
1: We'll drift there. And that uh, to get back to our original point, that will be our talking points. That will be the lens by which we try to have a conversation and it's not going to end well. And it's not certainly not going to lead to healing. You know, I was thinking here about the beauty of the local church. We we've experienced that, you know, everybody has not, uh, but, but we've experienced that. And we haven't, we haven't gotten close to each other by uh, s- uh, p- posting on social media. We get close to each other by doing what we're doing right now. We do life together. We Absolutely. worship together. Absolutely. We raise our kids together. Um, we play basketball together. We did back in the day, you guys are probably still playing, <laughs> but um, Still got some games. Yeah, well, you know, my, my, no leech, but I you mean, know, I still got that set shot. But anyway, um, I was just thinking about Living Stones and our Presbyters. Yeah. Okay, I love this. Yeah, we have an African from the Bronx, we have a Cajun from the swamps, yeah. and we have a fatherless street kid from Philly. Yeah, who in the world could put those three unique and diverse cultures together, and see them raise up to become, you know, men of God who provide spiritual oversight yeah. for a local church in Crown, in Crown Point, Point, Indiana, of all places, right. yeah. uh, and yet only Jesus is big enough to do something that beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's our message in a nutshell today. As we're winding this podcast down, is. The, the sin of racism can only be dealt with by the blood of Jesus and the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit and the church, yeah. God's gathering of redeemed people who now find their identity not in labels of the world, but in, in, in being sons and daughters of the Most High God. I mean, this is our, our starting place. So this is the, this is the, uh, the hub by right. which healing can flow to the right. nations. And, and here's the cool thing. We're, we're offering hope today in a time when many people are hopeless. The hope is Jesus Christ is bringing justice. And we, did, we dealt with this in the last sermon series we talked about. He is bringing the fullness of justice to the nations of the world, to all the oppressed. Our job now is to work hard, to love, to demonstrate just what we're trying to model here right now. To demonstrate the kingdom alternative as the best alternative and the best solution in a in a world of competing ideologies, and so uh, that is our hope. Um, and we're going to get into some more of that uh, on Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday, right? We're That's continuing right. this series. Yeah, moving forward. And uh, Amr is going to be joining me. We're also going to be having David Walton joining me. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, I'm excited. It's going to be a powerful, powerful service. But here's the nugget: How did Moses? Uh, what nugget, what truth did Moses give to a people who had been oppressed and had a slave mentality 430 years of, of not belonging, not being accepted, mm-hmm. deep In- wounds,
0: injustice? Yeah.
1: injustice. Yeah. How, how did he speak to those people and what advice did he give to them to move them into genuine freedom? Yeah. And that's what we're going to be talking about Sunday. Yeah. I'm really excited yeah. about that.
0: Well, my only thing is three services, <laughs> different service time. And give me those times again. Oh, you put me on the spot. Let's see, 8.30, 10 o'clock, and then 11.30. Okay, there, yeah. 8.30,
1: 10 o'clock, 11.30. And hey, would you do us a favor? Would you would you share this podcast with all your friends yeah. and let them know we're going to be having meaningful discussions with real answers that are found in Jesus Christ. So I'm, I'm going to pass you the baton. First sure. of all, thank you for coming in today. Yeah, Thanks for being a part of this.
2: Thanks for your, having
1: me. Your voice is an important voice to be heard. And, oh. uh, and I don't know if you have a final, final volley to share from your heart, but then afterwards, would you just lead us? You know, we have so many problems in our culture today, so much pain. I, I want us to agree in prayer for America. Absolutely.
2: Um, well, first and foremost, I just want to say, you know, we, the, it's, it's forums like this, it's opportunities like this of having conversations Um, and talking about what the word of God says, allowing that to be our lead foot that brings about lasting change. Um, And I I just thank you for allowing me to be part of this conversation uh, with you too. And, and it's, it's so awesome because this wasn't, this is an organic situation. So just so everyone knows, you know, this isn't, this wasn't, Hey, you know, let's go pull some some guy that can represent the African-American people on yeah. to, to the podcast. You know, as you said, I've been here for 16 years and we've yeah. developed relationships over the years. Yes. And this is what our this is what our group of elders looks like. This is what our leadership looks like, um, what our presbyters look like. And and that's not by accident. No, that's a so, And And that's something that um, I find a, a belonging here is a blessing, a significant blessing. Um, each of us has an opportunity to. Ask God, God, Lord, what can I do? Show me, me, show me myself, show me my heart. And if we ask that question, yeah. God is faithful. He'll answer that question. So if you're asking, like, what can I do, you know, to 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 bring about change, um, what 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 part can I play? Um, pray. Yeah. Ask God, and He will reveal it to you. He will show it to you if you're open to hearing from the Holy Spirit. Seek His face; you'll find Him. Um, get quiet and listen. It's good. Get all the other voices of, of, of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and your parents and your cousins and everybody else. <laughs> Shut them all out. Get alone with the Lord. Good. Silence yourself. And he will tell you and show you yourself, and give you the grace to walk it out. So that's, that's a good word.
1: good word. Well, Amen. lead us in prayer, will you? And if yes, you're so. watching on, on uh, this podcast, bow your, your head and your heart with us right now, and let's just take a moment. Let's pray for the healing of America. Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, first and foremost, for
2: your faithfulness to us. We thank you, Lord, that you are the author and finisher of our faith, that we don't have to muster up the right amount of faith. Matter of fact, Lord Jesus, you said that if we just have faith the size of a mustard seed, Lord God, that we're able to move mountains. Amen. And so we thank you, Lord, because we're facing a mountain. We faced the mountain for a long time in this country. A mountain of injustice, a mountain of, of racism, a mountain of, of inequality, um, a mountain that ultimately, Father God, has brought us to a place of not being able to function as you've called us to as your church, Lord God. And so I pray, Father God, for healing. I pray that you would touch the hearts of all those involved on all sides of all the issues, because there's multiple issues, Father God. And it seems like in this day and age, there's so many things that are seeking to divide us. But Lord God, you are, you are, and your blood is the ultimate unifier, Lord God. And so we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that if we come to you and if we trust in you, as your word says, with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding and all of our ways acknowledge you, that you, will direct our paths, Father God. And so I pray, Father, that, that every person listening now would come and, and come before you, humble themselves, Lord God, and that, and that there would be repentance and that there would be a turning away from who we were and what we did yes. as, you've, as you direct us to do so, Father. And I thank you for the opportunity, Lord God, to be able to, to pray and come before your face as each of us do. We can come boldly before your throne, Father God. And, and we thank you that you love us so much, you love us so much that, that you said, I, I will take you as you are, Lord God. And, and, but you love us so much that you don't leave us that way. Amen, amen. And So we honor you and we glorify you yeah. and we praise you because you and you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. Hey, the church is the hope of the world, and we want to remind you of that. So let's go out. Let's love well. Let's be part of the uh, solution and not part of the problem. And uh, we'll look forward to rejoining with you all on Sunday. Have an amazing week.